Greetings, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Welcome back to Botany After Dark. My name is Kate, and I will be your host for this journey. Today, we will get a touch political. We are going through a very real, very active extinction event. Today, we will discuss the complex and diverse nature of climate change. Contrary to certain aspects of popular discourse, climate change is not restricted to global warming. That is a significant component, yes, but that in no way encompasses the entirety of the situation. Scientists, academics, and lay people alike have talked about climate shifts for decades, and yet the problems persist. This is, in part, due to people ignoring the signs because someone else will deal with it. It is likewise connected to large corporations' lack of engagement with solution-finding efforts. Money talks, and when it talks, people listen, often the same people who would discount unencumbered human voices. We are in the middle of a mass extinction event the likes of which has not been seen for millennia. While some countries are actively attempting to reverse this with clean energy, reforestation efforts, and sustainable food sources, many others are not. I live in a country whose current administration has tried time and again to open protected lands to drilling and development. These are the same lands that have stood as refuge for often threatened and endangered species for decades. I remember even just 10 years ago, the main aspect most were discussing was the polar ice caps melting and loss of habitat. When I was a child, it was habitat destruction, erosion, and mining of the Amazon rainforest. I remember it being an estimated 50 years before anything really needed to be done or so was the story reported by the media. It has indeed been several years since last I heard that estimate. But now, according to the Paris Accords, it is 12. I just saw mention that that has been decreased to 18 months. The UN's Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change has now cited 2020 as the tipping point. It is currently September of 2019. 2020 is less than four months away. From what I know of ecological shifts, this timeline may well have advanced in light of the ongoing ecological crisis occurring in the Amazon and other habitats worldwide. Increased global temperature is creating scenarios in which dramatic and catastrophic environmental events are occurring, including superstorms. Hurricane Dorian was due to be as bad as it was upon landfall because it was a slow-moving storm. Though counterintuitive, this means that the storm both retained its energy en route to land and gained momentum for being extent for an extended period of time. Dorian's rate of progress was almost unprecedented, though not unexpected. You see, the Atlantic Ocean 
specifically in the Bahamas, at the time of this data being reported, registered temperatures of 79 degrees Fahrenheit, or about 26 degrees Celsius. This increased temperature caused the storm to slow, thus building and maintaining consistent force. At minimum, a hurricane displays winds of 74 miles per hour, or 119 kilometers per hour. Below that wind speed, it is instead classified as a tropical storm. At its height, the winds within Hurricane Dorian reached 183 miles per hour, or 294.5 kilometers per hour, making it one of the highest recorded hurricane wind speeds. It was a Category 5 storm. Category 5 currently encompasses all storms with wind speeds above 157 miles per hour, or 252.6 kilometers per hour. Drought is occurring in regions not known for it. Storms are increasing in size, severity, and frequency. Temperatures are fluctuating dramatically worldwide. Has this happened before? Yes. Does that mean that everything taking place is without human involvement? No, it does not. Our reliance on coal and other fossil fuels for centuries has fundamentally altered the planet's ecological landscape. Not only have there been negative effects due to strip mining and drilling, causing lasting visible scars to form, but emissions, both carbon and otherwise, have been expelled into the atmosphere. While there is some amount that is possible for the environment to naturally mitigate, nature cannot keep up with either the rate or quantity. Additionally, due to human involvement, the protective ozone layer encircling our planet has thinned considerably, leading to an increased rate of UV exposure for the planet's surface, which also contributes greatly to climate change. So, our planet is in trouble. She is not beyond help. I cannot and will not believe that. While petitions for governments and corporations to act may be effective to some degree, that also takes time. In the interim, use reusable containers and plastics where you can. Recycle, and I do not just mean by putting recyclable waste in the proper bin, though do that too. Yogurt tubs make excellent cups and organizers for trinkets or small craft supplies. Likewise, often packaging can become craft supplies. This does not work in every case, obviously, but it still helps. On a larger scale, be aware of where your products and food comes from and act accordingly. While there are perfect while there are perhaps more and less effective methods of climate activism, do what you are able. For some, this means traveling halfway around the world for climate summits. For others, it means standing in mass as part of a protest. However, for some, it is by necessity limited to sharing an article or two online. Remember that that is needed too. Remember also that sometimes people cannot give up single-use plastics whether they be straws, medical equipment, or otherwise. While climate change is very real and very present, be kind to yourself if you have restrictions on what you can do. While I enjoy researching and discussing the volatile compounds found in plants and humanity's interaction and discovery of them, it is important to remember that environmental concerns are very real. 
According to researchers, the time to change is quickly running out. The time to act is now, or there may not be a tomorrow. As always, links to all utilized sources and resources I have found relating to climate change and approaches to it will be listed in the description below. Additionally, should you or someone you know wish to listen to or watch this podcast with subtitles or in a closed caption format, a video version will be uploaded to YouTube shortly, accessible by the links below. Likewise, there are links to my blog and YouTube channel where I talk more about plants, as well as my Patreon and relevant social media links. To that end, I would like to thank Rob Nelson for being a Patreon supporter. He runs Untamed Science, a channel discussing and supporting biodiversity and conservation efforts, an especially important subject now. Also, if you would like to start your own podcast, I would recommend Pinecast. It is the hosting service I am using, and has repeatedly demonstrated swift and comprehensive creator support with an easily navigated interface. The initial service is free, though it only allows for 10 episodes at a time. If you try Pinecast and decide to upgrade, you can use coupon code R-A19FE9 for 40% off for 4 months, and support Botany After Dark. To all my listeners at home, work, or somewhere in between, thank you for tuning in. I'll talk to you next week about Fly Agarac. It should be an interesting show. Have a good one. This is Kate, signing off.